Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 454. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you the keys to a fulfilling life. We discuss everything from limiting beliefs to how life is a self-fulfilling prophecy and ultimately how you have to feel it to heal it. Welcome to today's podcast. I brought on James Hepner. James, welcome. Hey, it's an honor to be here with you. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? <laughs> we see behind you, there's a map and I live somewhere on that. I live in Canada, Vancouver, uh, so British Columbia. So Canada is, for those that don't know, most know where the United States is. We are directly in North of the United States. Uh, Vancouver is on the West coast of that country. And I'm a strategist and, um, um, you know, I help people get beyond limiting beliefs and beliefs, of course, not just the ones that we think we have, it's um, beliefs, limiting beliefs that we live, the ones that we can't see. And typically though, those are the ones that trap us most deepest. So. When we talk about limiting beliefs, cause I love that. And I call it our, the BS, our belief systems. Mm-hmm. Are you talking stuff in our subconscious? Absolutely. Okay. Can we, mm-hmm, yeah, please. sorry, go ahead. If we could just dive in, cause that's something I talk about a lot, especially, you know, our conscious mind, the 5%, our desires, our wishes. But if you don't understand the subconscious programming, what we grew up in, what we accepted as truth, even if it's not, that that is running the show. So I'd love for you to explain from your perspective, limiting beliefs, what they are, how we can reprogram or overwrite them. Gosh, Heather, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. And it's beautiful. Let me just say, if I were to put it into my personal language, I would just like to suggest that each one of us, and this is psychology 101, each one of us actually only acts our solutions. We never act a problem. So the person who is about to create and commit a crime, whether it's murder, that's a solution for them. It's a solution to get closer to what they want, which is love. Now, they may need to find certainty and significance first. Okay, so when I think about, you know, uh, belief systems, to your point, the BS of our life, it seems quite shielded. They seem quite shielded from our awareness, because let's be honest, we're getting something from them. And if we're getting something from them, Mm -hmm. it's a reward. It's a dopamine hit we get. Now, we may have to go through suffering, much of the unhelpful side of suffering before we ever tap into what we're actually coming and looking for, you know, to the thought on the criminal, right? Or the person who kills someone, he may need to go to prison. Chances are he'll be on CNN news. <laughs> so he's going to feel pretty significant. He'll know certainly what's going to happen for him. So he's meeting all these human needs before. So I think it taps into your six human needs and Tony Robbins. I, I studied under a few people. He's one of them, you know, six human needs. And I, so to your, to the point, 
how are these things hidden from us? It's because our behaviors give us an outcome. And that outcome makes us feel like we're achieving something. It may not be fulfillment, it may be success, but we're getting something from it. And so we become addicted. We're all addicted to our feelings. And if something makes us feel good, we're gonna go back to the same drawing board for more. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Again, visit my website, heatherhakes.com. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. You can find this on my website, heatherhakes.com forward slash course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free discovery call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now, back to regular programming. Okay, so I, I like how you said that, addicted to our feelings. And so as an example, a lot of people go from relationship to relationship, and it's the same damn experience over and over again. And until they realize that, you know, they're creating it, that they don't believe they're worthy and deserving of time and attention. And so they keep attracting somebody who's a workaholic or emotionally unavailable. How do we point the finger back at ourselves and realize, oh, if I change my beliefs, if I transform my thoughts, I will have different outcomes in life. Mm, 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 mm. You know, I was going to tap back into what you said. Same damn feelings. <laughs> Sounds to me like we're going from relationship to relationship and they're not working. I'm not saying in your life. I'm just hearing what you're saying. Like people that are tapping into your show, this is what's happening for all of us. We're going like, why is it that I keep recreating this? Like I have empathy towards these things. Like we're trying, but this shit, the same damn feelings come, right? The same, same damn feelings come. So, you know, it's a really troublesome spot. It's a really rough, it's a really rough patch. And so the only thing that I can say, if I get right down to it, like I said to you prior to us recording here, I get a, you know, I go a mile deep on the things that I think really matter and an inch deep on all the rest. If I think if we really focus on what's at stake, it's, let's be honest, the human doesn't take a step forward if it doesn't think it's safe. So the human needs to find safety. And how do we find new safety for the old dangerous? That's the point. How do we find new safety for the old dangerous? It is to observe what our current and also old things are that we had no want for. And also, are old and antiquated things that we thought we had no need for. So to take the old unwanted and the old unneeded, which brings the feeling of dangerous, that's why we don't do it, and to question that and to say, listen, where could I find a new want and where could I find a new need? Therefore, I'm going to find new safety. And that takes work. You, gotta, you literally have to map out and you're going to see exactly why you haven't addressed this up until that point because you're going to come up with a brand new solution. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the simplistic of how I can put it. So what I wrote down, and this kind of makes me think of Byron Katie's work, and I barely know her work, but mm -hmm. her stuff is 
called The Work. And it's four questions. And it's more or less, I live from a state of curiosity. And I think that's what it comes down to, that you have to start questioning. And what you said is question that. So I guess what I would feel is anytime you have that resistance or something's not working, start questioning like, okay, I, I, I got a new job and I'm still not happy. I moved to a different city or a bigger house. I'm still not happy. And so I found from my own experience, if we want to go there, I had all the things that were supposed to make me happy, climb the corporate ladder, engaged to be married, we just built the house and I was miserable. And so I realized I, again, this is a lot of conditioning and programming that we're programmed to seek outside of us or validation and happiness and fulfillment mm. until I realized, oh, it's an inside job. Mm. And it, it's been a lot of work and, and realizing, I call it pull the weeds, plant new seeds. You have to become aware of those beliefs and thoughts we have on repeat, much are unconscious, subconscious because that's what's running the show. So I think an easy one to talk about is money. If you're struggling with money, you have subconscious programming. Maybe the story growing up was rich people suck or money's hard to come by or I'm not worthy and deserving. Or a lot of people struggle with love and relationships, right? Divorce rates, what, 50% or more at this point. So I think it's important to realize, okay, it's my limiting beliefs that are running the show if I want new results, what do I need to do? You know, I love the way you spin that. Um, one of the things that comes to heart for me right, right quick here is if limiting beliefs run our show, then why not tap into utilizing that system? Your whole ecosystem operates for a reason. It doesn't mean to be a reductionist mechanism, in my opinion, but it does what it does so that I can just process and honestly, we know that it lives by pattern to large degree. So if we know this about the human being, then instead of fighting it, all that I know about nature is nature invites us to harmonize around it, not the other way around. You try living differently, you're screwed. You're screwed. So when you, when, when you begin to realize that permission to exist fully is something you have to grant yourself. What ends up happening is you begin to see the good news of why you just created what you did. And if it's a mess, it's a mess. You got to see the solution and be grateful for it. You got to be like grateful because it brought me to this and let me feel this. So you got to, in my opinion, you first have to see it for why you did it. Because if you don't see it for why you did it, you're never going to choose to take courageous action again. So you got to first align with, oh, I did it for this reason. Oh, that's, that's super cute. Or, well, do I want to do that again? And maybe your answer is no. Yeah. And, and if you say no, just remember you acted that when you did back then, because that was a solution to get you to where you wanted. Of course, you're going to think it's normal to think you do different now. That's evolution. That's progress. But can you imagine living from a place? I think society, so many people do this now. We're constantly living in the state of shame and blame because literally everything we've done, we look back upon and we're like, no, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. And it's like, the truth is it wasn't like who you are now because your cells are living and like, there's new cells being birthed and new cells dying all the time. So yeah. you take a picture of me like two seconds after this video, I'm already different than I was before. So yeah, no, you aren't the same. So why don't you just let be be like, well, 
instead of being i am who i am now in spite of all that crap and i got through that i conquered that shit you're like no no no. i am who i am today because of all of that that's the good news look look at this look at what i get to utilize like i don't think there's anything wasted there's anything wasted in this life but we have to make a choice we have to make a choice if it's going to be wasted or if we're going to engage and participate if we participate with it and if we stop turning everything into the bad news, like is it good or is it bad? The sorting of like black or white duality. You do that, we and, and we re-enter the dog's brain. Nothing. I don't. I, I have a dog. I love the dog, but the animal typically looks for where there's deeper danger or more safety. So it looks at survival instinct only. You and I can stare into this camera right now. The listeners think about this. Just have a look out the window. <laughs> you can look out the window and think about absolutely nothing. Because a human being goes beyond just thinking, where's the dangerous and where's the safe? We have that ability. And so that's next level living. Really, it's not next. It's just human living if we choose. But so often society, we're in this dystopic, listen, and by the way, you're going to make a decision either or, good or bad, right or left. You're always going to make a, pl- a decision from a place of fear and you're screwed. Okay, I like, I got my highlighter out. A key word I feel like you said there was choice. And that is something I definitely live from that we have choices every single day and one i have at the bottom of the stairs every day when i come down says make it a great day or not the choice is yours and so again this is i feel like it's a lot about perception Mm -hmm. and choosing to spin it to find the good you know like okay that relationship ended sure that hurt but what was the good in it what did i learn how did i grow and evolve how will i do better next time right But a lot of people sit in that victim, again, the limiting beliefs that, you know, there's just nobody out there for me, or I'm never going to excel at work, or how do we help people get out of this? Because what you said was the full permission to exist. My whole thing is like, we have unlimited potential, and I feel like we've barely tapped into it. And I just want to help people like, shine bright and get out of scarcity and limitation. So what advice would you give to somebody who may not even realize that they're living from such a limited perspective and there's so much more available? Mm -hmm. So I'm a realist, not so much an optimist. Now, I do like to see things better than they are, but I do. Firstly, we all need to see things clearly for what they are. So what I would say is to your point on choosing, I think we have to choose to see things for exactly as they are. I shared with you way back in the day, like we're talking 15 years ago, I checked out a life and I found a way of sleeping 18 and a half hours a day for two and a half bloody years, checked out, married with kids. Oh my goodness. Threshold hit me. Bunch of stresses, high functioning autistic baby got audited company back 2008 i was in real estate you know economics you think of all of this pressure is designed to make us more present and the more present we are the more purposeful we become and so unless we see things for the real that they are listen if listeners if you're having a depressed moment you're having a depressed moment if you're feeling like a victim for the moment you're feeling like a victim for the moment but everything that you feel is just an invitation to be an arrow to set you up for taking the next proper action, not the right, wrong or right action. It's just another proper action. So I think we must choose to see things for what they are, the reality, instead of choosing to go to some place and fantasizing 
getting away from. That's what created that story that landed me in that dystopic mess. I chose to get away from reality and engage with fantasy. And I wish it was different. wish it was different. wish it was different. It's like, you know what, honestly, you know what I'd get real with? It took me about two and a quarter years before I finally freaking woke up. And it's like, listen, this sucks. And why is that the bad news? This just sucks. And why do I think that I can't handle that emotion that this sucks? I feel a little depressed in the moment. Okay, I feel a little depressed. Listen, I feel like it's not fair. Okay, I feel like that for half a second. Did I stay there? No. Here's why, because I, you, you take every emotion, full living, fully alive, fully is taking all emotions and making them all safe. How? We don't live in any emotion. The human body is designed to go from one emotion to the next, using every emotion to point us to the next thing so that we can take proper action to go there. The human has a need for variety. Emotions point us to the next thing. Anything that happens is just invitation for us to onboard, participate, celebrate with what's here, and then utilize that for the goodness and gain that it all is. You talk about gratitude, you talk about the art of celebration, that comes through a choice. And I think it comes through a choice. And, and honestly, my email signature I have in there, to your point, I say this, you know, be careful what you look for, because what you look for, you'll find. Or I, and I think I may even say something a little different to the extent of, um, you know, look, look for the good today, because you'll find it. The truth is what you look for, you will find. But I think most importantly, I want to resonate with, 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 with a wider audience here. And just be like, actually choose to feel what you're feeling and instead of letting that be the bad news look at it going this is a solution for me do i like this solution and if so keep feeling it and living here if not i can just adjust it but don't make the emotion the bad one it's not the bad one yeah because if you're not careful you're going to start living in a very small wheelhouse of life you're going to take the emotional wheel all that's available to you and you're going to start living from like oh i only want to feel the surprise that i want to prefer I'm only going to feel the happiness that I want, but feeling sad and all these things, I have no ability to empathize with people who are sad. You can't empathize with others. Firstly, you can't empathize with yourself when you feel sad. And honestly, we all know this. To the exact degree that you can feel sad in a healthy way is how your capacity for joy will reveal itself. The more sad you can feel in a healthy way, the more joy you're going to feel. It's not good or bad. It's designed to serve. Everything is a self-fulfilling spiral up if we choose to. There you go. Well, you took the words out of my mouth because that's what I also say. Like life is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. How else can you say it? Whatever you focus on expands. But here's what I want to touch on that you shared with me, that we liberate ourselves when we stop resisting. Mm -hmm. Can you expand? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a little acronym. And uh, the acronym for pain for me that I created is please accept inner nudging. When I was going through the depths of my suffering, and it wasn't the helpful sort, it was the unhelpful, the self-induced suffering. When I came out of that journey, I was so, I'll say it, I was euphoric. Imagine, you've been in, a, in, this, in this hole for two and a half years, sleeping, okay? So imagine, you're, you're like, kind of like, very like utopic, right? And one day I was at a dinner party and I, I, I took my car there. My wife took her car there. Wonderful people. Fantastic. The event was great. And I left the gala and I was driving back to our home. And as I was driving, I remember thinking, holy smokes, James, you know what's going to happen here? You see so much gain and that you were so miserable. And now you get to feel this. You know what's going to happen? Your subconscious is going to recreate this all again. If you're not careful, you're going to have to now bring meaning to what's going on. Not meaning that you create, but lean into the mystery. What, what is here telling you right now? 
And at the time, the car I was driving, there was a little, of course, we had these little lights, right? On the dashboard. On the dashboard is a little light. It's an engine, check engine. I've been driving for like a day or so. I hadn't checked my oil. I was going to let my tech do it, whatever. <laughs> and so I'm going, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is it true that I, can, that I need to go deep suffering to feel deep joy? Or is it true that I would feel deep pain for deep joy? I'm like, oh, that might be true. I'm thinking, what's the difference between pain and, and, and suffering? I said, pain is something that is an invitation for us, and it's a nudging. So please accept inner nudging. It's a nudging for us to check, pop the hood, see what's mm. going on. And here's the thing. When you engage in that level of pain, that, that is a, a very rich experience that will fuel you towards the joy of your life in, in massive measure. Now, let's be honest. For anyone that has ego issues, not ego container, like build healthy ego. A healthy ego container is good. Like building what you can hold is great. But ego, so the unhelpful side of ego, isn't so great. And so let me say it like this. I think personally, this is my take. I needed to enter into a, a deep place of suffering that etched into me and created a solid crack in my ego. And they say that when the ego cracks once properly, it never has to crack like that again. Let me say it like this. Before that suffering came in my life, and again, I'm not sub subscribing this to other people, but until that suffering came in my life, I wasn't really able to empathize with other people properly. And empathy, like I shared with you earlier, is a language that we all have when we're born. We speak that to each other before we say a word to each other. So that's the universal language of love. That's how we communicate. We're all love beings. So my whole take is, I just walked away from that scenario and i said oh and i just started crying please accept inner nudgings mm. the nudging to guess what be in a non-resistant state be in a non-attached state and be in a judgment-free zone so i have an acronym it's raj raj non-resistant non-attached non-judgmental when you're in that space when you're in that space you will you will see the things in your life that are nudging you to feel the pain not run from it the yeah. listeners, if you don't have a good relationship, if you don't have the money you want, whatever you talk about, feel that and don't don't like deflect from it and have some fantasy like, oh, it's not as bad as it is. Don't create the Enron. Don't create the bullshit in your own life. Yeah. If the music of your bank account is low, it's low. That's it. You know, just, okay, that's how, great. And I get to feel like this. Okay, what? This feeling points me to take proper action there. Okay, I'll take action there. So now I'm doing that. I'm being that. I don't know if that answers your question, but. Yeah. And what you said was ultimately feel it to heal it. I love that check engine light metaphor. And I know we're, we're a little tight on time. So here's what I want to ask you, because I feel like we just got started. But from our conversation today, what do you believe is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? Mm. Well, I have five, five personal values that I've created in one. And again, I don't want to impose this on anyone, but I'll just say this one really changed my life. And for the people that I work with, like I work with people from around the world, uh, let, let me just say it like this. When you believe that things in your life are sent to trap you, you're going to be constantly looking for the danger is. You're like that animal, just looking for where the safety or danger is. You're not really living. You're behaving life. You're performing life. So ask yourself this question. If everything frees you, nothing traps you. 
How could you now in a real way, not hyperbolic, keep the facts intact. Listen, a loss is a loss. You feel a loss. It is the loss. What's the problem with it? Can't your body, can't your ego container hold this? No problem. Why do we all need participation medals? That doesn't really help. Yeah. Right? The good news is seeing clearly what's here. See the facts for what they are. Be proud of the fact that you can onboard it and that will at least allow you to take action. I think if we're not careful, and back to the end, Ron, if we're not careful, we're actually all kind of living quasi life of what Enron, what that environment actually showed us. we got to like not say we're better than the numbers reveal. Therefore, we're just going to change the numbers. It doesn't help. <laughs> the, whole, yeah. the whole system crumbles. And if we ever want to have the courage to do difficult things when it matters most, when we're looked upon for leadership, we're going to want to have developed the inner leadership and the capacity to see things for what they are and not flinch in the midst of a storm. Yeah. I think that takes a lot of courage, all of that. It does. I know. Right. And so, you know, it takes a lot of courage and especially, I know one of the things you and I talked about before, you know, there, there are many ways of, of addressing life. You can address it through like, like, you know, let's just power through it. And I mean, I'm a, a guy, like my, like I would identify as, as you know, as a man. Okay. And, but let's say it like this, there's both feminine and masculine th flowing through me. And so I, you know, I'm no idiot. There is not a three-step plan to all this. Like I make this sound easy, but guess what? Healing, you got to heal. Like you said, I love that. Heal to feel it. You got to go within. You got to really feel those places and you got to journey. And the, you know, the truth is life isn't a linear approach. It's not a linear approach. How do we live a spiritual life in a concrete physical world? You know, physical world says, just do this and put your boot there and you'll get that. It's not, I mean, if you want success, sure, but that's empty. Yep. You want fulfillment. If you got all the money in the world to, for example, I had a gentleman the other day, he says, listen, I once was really, I got was dirt poor. He's a plumber. I came to our house, I was dirt poor. Now I got all the money in the world to go to see as many movies as I want. He says, go to the movie theater. <laughs> and so just to relate to that, imagine going to the movie theater. Now you have a driver who drives you there in a nice car, but you're, you know what? Effing miserable. Tell me something. If you're miserable, what does that mean that you have the ability to see a movie? It means nothing to you. Mm -hmm. So you have to develop that inner world. And that's more of the matriarchy. Honestly, most men have such a relationship with the externals of life. And the externals is where they find their value. You know, they bring home the bread and the bacon, whatever, they, you know, they bring home the stuff. But I'll tell you what the feminine presence does. She makes stuff out of that. If she's not there, she, she's, she's, she's not a homebody. Listen, I love chopping vegetables. What I'm saying is we all get into that nurture. We must get into that nurturer inner space of our life. We want to manifest externals. I get it. But that all comes if we work in here. Yeah. And we align in here, right? So, yeah. All right. Three quick questions to ask you before we wrap up the interview. Okay. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Hmm. Well, that's a really nice one. A quote or motto I live by. Well, I got one right over here, by the way. It's from Jeff Goldblum. I'm just going to read it. I love this one. Often, Jeff Goldblum says, I'll go into a store. I'll have a look around. And then I'll proclaim everything in the store validates the decisions that I've already made. And then he says, I'll leave. And so I love that it, for many reasons, 
not just buying stuff, but it's like, actually, if I've already made a decision to live a good life, I don't need some religious figure to tell me that I'm a, a really bad person so that I can put money in the offering bucket. I don't need this, <laughs> you know? Anyway, I mean, it, it, you know, it goes across the board. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Not familiar with that one. Good to mm. know. All right, final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Relax. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> Laugh a little more. <laughs> so I'm working on that one. I used to get really nervous about laughing when I was a kid. I married a laugher, and so I've become more of one. But I'll just, I'll be honest, I, I can always hold more. I take myself pretty seriously. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate to that. But what a great note to end on, James. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Good time. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.